DSL Q&A by Martin Fowler, 9th of September, 2008. I was asked to put together a discussion of DSLs for non-technical types. Maybe I've been reading too much Stephen O'Grady, but I felt an irresistible urge to do it in a Q&A manner. So, here it comes. What is a domain-specific language? A domain-specific language, DSL, is a computer programming language of limited expressiveness focused on a particular domain. Most languages you hear of are general-purpose languages, which can handle most things you run into during a software project. Each DSL can only handle one specific aspect of a system. So you wouldn't write a whole project in a DSL? No, most projects will use one general purpose language and several DSLs. Are they a new idea? Not at all. DSLs have been used extensively in Unix circles since the early days of that system. The Lisp community often talks of creating DSLs in Lisp and then using the DSLs to implement the logic. Most IT projects use several DSLs. You might have heard of things like CSS, SQL, regular expressions and the like. So why are they getting a lot of noise now? Probably because of Ruby and Rails. Ruby as a language has many features that make it easy to develop DSLs. And the people who got involved in the Ruby community have been familiar with this approach from elsewhere, so they took advantage of these features. In particular, Rails uses several DSLs, which have played a big role in making it so easy to use. This in turn encouraged more people to take up these ideas. Another reason is that many Java and c -sharp systems need to have some of their behavior defined in a more dynamic way. This led to complex XML files that are difficult to comprehend, which in turn led to people exploring DSLs again. So DSLs can be used with languages other than Ruby? Yes, as I indicated, DSLs have been around for much longer than Ruby has. Ruby has an unobtrusive syntax and metaprogramming features that make it easier to create more elegant internal DSLs than languages like c -sharp and Java. But there are useful internal DSLs in Java and c -sharp. What's the distinction between internal and external DSLs? An internal DSL is just a particular idiom of writing code in the host language. So a Ruby internal DSL is Ruby code just written in particular style, which gives a more language-like feel. As such, they are often called fluent interfaces or embedded DSLs. An external DSL is a completely separate language that is parsed into data that the host language can understand. Why are people interested in DSLs? I see DSLs as having two main benefits. The most common benefit is that they make certain kinds of code easier to comprehend, which makes it much easier to modify, thus improving programmer productivity. This is worthwhile all on its own, and is relatively easy to achieve. The most interesting benefit, however, is that a well-designed DSL 
can be understandable by business people, allowing them to directly comprehend the code that implements their business rules. So is this the hook? Business people write the rules themselves? In general, I don't think so. It's a lot of work to make an environment that allows business people to write their own rules. You have to make a comfortable editing tool, debugging tools, testing tools, and so on. You get most of the benefit of business-facing DSLs by doing enough to allow business people to be able to read the rules. They can then review them for accuracy, talk about them with the developers, and draft changes for developers to implement properly. Getting DSLs to be business-readable is far less effort than business-writable, but yields most of the benefits. There are times where it's worth making the effort to make the DSLs business-writable but it's more an advanced goal. Do you need special, i.e. expensive, tools? In general, no. Internal DSLs just use the regular facilities of the programming language that you're using anyway. External DSLs do require you to use some special tools, but these are open source and are very mature. The biggest problem with these tools is that most developers aren't familiar with them and believe they are harder to use than they really are, a problem exacerbated by poor documentation. There are exceptions on the horizon, however. There are a class of tools that I call a language workbench. These tools allow you to define DSLs more easily and also provide sophisticated editors for them. Tools like this make it more feasible to make business-writable DSLs. So is this a repeat of the dream of developing software without programming or programmers? That was the intent of COBOL, and, COBOL, and I don't think there's any reason to think that DSLs will succeed where COBOL and so many others failed. What I think is important is that DSLs allow business people and developers to collaborate more effectively because they can talk about a common set of precise rules that are the executable code. When should I consider making a DSL? When you are looking at an aspect of a system with rich business rules or workflow, a well-written DSL should allow customers to understand the rules by which the system works. Isn't this going to lead to a cacophony of languages that people will find hard to learn? We already have a cacophony of frameworks that programmers have to learn. That's the inevitable consequence of reusable software, which is the only way we can get a handle on all the things software has to do these days. In essence, a DSL is nothing more than a fancy facade over a framework. As a result, they contribute little complexity over what is already there. Indeed, a good DSL should make things better by making these frameworks easier to use. But won't people create lots of bad DSLs? Of course, just like people create bad frameworks. But again, I'd argue that bad DSLs don't do much additional harm compared to the cost of bad frameworks.